the copperhead snake. It hisses before attacking. But that's not a copperhead. That's the Sullivan's RV freshwater tank overflowing into their black one, which is backing into their vent pipe, making for a very different kind of attack. One that arrives just in time for taco night. It's wild out there. When it gets too wild, Progressive has your RV covered. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Adios, old friend. Yeah, I've got no secrets and no regrets. Well, a lot of regrets, but the point is I've got nothing to hide. Kind of like the way Progressive shows you their competitors' rates. You gotta put it all out there, baby. Excuse me, miss. Does this heart belong to you? Would you like it anyway? Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparisons not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Yeah, it's a very flashy franchise, very flashy team that tries to, to play fast. Very young core. I'm very excited to join them. And like I said, I think they all look uh, like they have a lot of fun out there. So being here with the Lakers, which is a very traditional franchise, and yeah, it's just, it's the Lakers. It's kind of different, you know? So um, very, very excited. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the Lakers Legacy Podcast, where what do you call a Mo Wagner that's hit his stride and found his groove as one of LeBron's trusted shooters? Alan? A Mo Wagner? Yeah. What do you call a Mo Wagner that's hit, hit his stride? Hit his stride. Uh, uh, <laughs> I don't know. I suck at these things. I give up. Mo Swagner. Oh, my God. Yes, yes, I know you don't say it as Mo Wagner, but for the purposes of this stupid intro, it is Mo Swagner. I'm going to be LeBron's best friend. I don't even talk like this. (laughs) Is that your Arnold impression? Pretty much, yeah. (laughs) I guess so. Um, But if you haven't already guessed, uh, tonight's episode is solely dedicated to Mo Wagner. And we have a special guest on tonight, and he's he's a pretty... Pretty big one, actually. His name is Travel Gaines. No pun intended. Wow, I just that just hit me. I'm sorry. Like Gaines, you know, like gang buff. Oh yeah, no. Oh, Gaines. dude, exactly. that name is just perfect. We, we gotta <laughs> ask him about that, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you just put two and two ah, together. Too good. That's funny. So yeah, tonight we have on a a pretty exciting guest and and one who's very influential in the sports world, whether that be the NFL, the NBA, the WNBA. Uh, We've got on... Baseball too, actually. Baseball too, actually, yeah. So we've got on Travel Gaines of Athletic Gaines to talk about his time working with Mo Wagner pre-draft-wise and the transformation that he's seen in Mo Wagner's body and and what he specifically worked on with Mo uh, to get ready for the draft and to get ready for the NBA season. So we're excited to have him on. Um, But yeah, before we get to that, as usual, please follow us on Twitter at Lakers Legacy Pod. Please also rate interview us on iTunes because the more you rate interview us, 
That's how many times Mo Swagner will bust out his patented behind-the-back change-of-direction crossover dribble to evade his defenders and look like the 6'10 version of Manu Ginobili. Oh, dude, the visual... Ginobili! Ginobili! <laughs> the visual in my mind as you say that is is beautiful, I gotta say. I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? You know exactly yeah, the dude, play that I'm talking We haven't even talk- seen this guy really play a game yet, but I can see it. It's crazy that that has become his patented move, and he's shown it off a couple of times during Summer League as well, and it's a beautiful move. And yeah. With how agile and swift he is, uh, the bigs that are trying to guard him also get caught hey, you know what else? Yeah. You know what else? The more times everyone rates and reviews us and all that stuff, that's how many more gains you're going to have. Be it physically, mentally, relationshipally, <laughs> spiritually, holistically. Sure. You rate and review us, that's how many more gains you're going to have. Absolutely. Shout out to Travel Gains and Athletic Gains. Yeah, it's all right there for you. <laughs> so before we get into our talk on, on Mo Wagner, Alan, I wanted to talk to you about... So the Lake, let's talk about defense really quickly and then the, the Lakers' upcoming season. Uh, there's a lot of concern about the new guys the Lakers brought in with regards to Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley, and JaVale McGee, Lance Stevenson as well. You know, Lance Stevenson and Rajon Rondo have been known to be defensive players by reputation. I think by reputation the last few years because they've really tailed off if you're looking at the advanced analytics and, and just honestly just watching the tape. So they're pretty much living off of their reputation from when they were going to the Eastern Conference Finals regularly. So they're not exactly the defensive players that they used to be. You know, the first team, second team guys, people remember them to be. And Michael Beasley has never had that (laughs) to his name at all. Uh, He's always been a terrible defender. And I think last year he was like, he had a defensive rating of 110.8, Allen. Was among the lowest of any player to appear in at least 70 games. So Michael Beasley for sure is not a good defender. And then you take into account the fact that LeBron James over the last couple seasons um, has been taking plays off defensively, kind of the way that Kobe Bryant did towards the latter end of his career, just to preserve his body and preserve energy. So putting all that together, Alan, how is this team going to be a good defensive team? How do you see that shaking out? We know that we want to switch everything, but is that realistic with the compilation of guys that we've we've brought together? Obviously, we brought KCP back, so that's good. But how how do you see this this team shaking out, and do you think we did enough to bolster the defensive end for, for next year? Well, what was our defensive rank last year? Where did we finish? Was it 11th? So I think by last year's end, we were either 12th or 13th. It was really close. Okay, okay. So if we think about last year's roster and the makeup of that finishing 12th, and we look at this year's roster from an individual standpoint – how much have we downgraded from a personnel point of view? You know what I mean? So, um, for example, okay, so we don't have Brooke Lopez anymore and he was a, you know, he's a pretty good rim protector, actually. Um, not really able to switch out onto the perimeter, obviously. Yeah. JaVale now, uh, JaVale is obviously much more capable of switching out on the perimeter. We saw that in the finals when he was guarding LeBron. So there's like one example, and obviously JaVale's a rim protector as well. So I would say that there's an upgrade defensively, right? Um, what other players can we look at from last season who are not on the team anymore? Obviously, we don't have Julius. Um, I don't know what Julius's uh, defensive metrics are off the top of my head, but now we do have LeBron, right? Mm-hmm. And as you said, um, sure, he takes plays off now, but... We, we've also talked about different motivating factors for him um, just to prove people wrong. You know, he's going to be MVP, all that good stuff. 
Um, and also, I think Luke came out and said, or someone came out and said, we want to limit LeBron's minutes to about 30-ish per game. Um, whereas, again, I don't know off the top of my head how many minutes he's averaged over the last season or two, but it's definitely greater than 30. So if we're preserving his energy, I would think defensively he would also improve. Now, Jordan Clarkson, we talked about that guy's defense many, many episodes, had all the tools, never really put him forward. So if you're looking at Rondo, if you're looking at Lance, I mean, are they worse than Jordan Clarkson defensively? I don't think so. Um, So in terms of the drop-off overall, we don't have to go through the entire roster, but maybe we'll be a little bit worse than 12th, but I don't think we're going to drop to like 20th or anything like that. The guys have clearly bought in. And again, we talk about, well, who is getting the bulk of the minutes here? It's going to be B.I., Lonzo, Kuzma, etc. And that's who was playing last year for the most part anyway. So that's kind of my response to that. Yeah, and on top of it, I think something that I wanted to bring up was, and this is sort of an odd way of framing it, but if you look at the Lakers last year and you looked at their roster down the line, who would you point to that you'd say was an elite defensive player that really allowed the Lakers to take that next leap? Is it KCP? Is it Lonzo Ball? And, and you know, even though Lonzo Ball was far ahead of other rookie guards in his class in terms of his defensive awareness and his, his ability to get steals and, and blocks and whatnot, I wouldn't say on the backs of Lonzo Ball and KCP and a little bit of small ball Julius Randle I don't think that was enough to completely turn the Lakers around defensively. Hell no. Who who out there was saying and looking at that roster, oh, dude, this team's almost going to be top 10? Nobody. Like, no usually way. Usually you need like a meta world piece to come in in his prime, like a Trevor Ariza type player, or more specifically, a defensive center to really turn things around for you. The way that they were able to jump from pretty much almost last in defensive efficiency to 12th better than middle of the pack was by buying in to Luke Walton's system or buying into that mentality, right? It's going to be defense by committee. Totally. You put all these guys together and the sum of their parts is is greater than just the individual contributions of these guys. And so I think Luke's defensive scheme and what he's trying to instill mentality wise to the guys that we just need obviously they can't be chickens with their heads cut off but bringing that energy bringing that tenacity bringing that activity at at all times and learning to hone that in and and depend on one another I think they already started to lay the foundation for essentially what they want to do this year and if that can happen with the group of players that we had last year you bring in LeBron James, and then you bring in guys like Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson who don't necessarily technically have it anymore on the defensive end, but still are smart enough to, you know, harken back to the days when they were prime defenders. And now they just need to do it in conjunction with the rest of their teammates. I don't see why they won't also be able to buy in, you know, and they're not going to be playing most of the minutes anyways. So if they have shorter bursts and you go possession by possession... I don't see why the Lakers can't improve, even on that 12th defensive efficiency rating from last year, you know? So I think that's what gives me hope. Even if LeBron still has to preserve his energy 
on the defensive end. Just him buying into a system where the Cavs were one of the worst teams last year defensively, right? A lot of that had to do with LeBron, but I don't think we can use that context and apply it to this year, especially when you add LeBron to a team that was 12th last year in defensive efficiency based on the backs of the young guys and KCP. Yeah, I'm sorry. He's not going to make you worse defensively. Michael Beasley, even in a vacuum, if he's getting 10 minutes a game, he's the type of guy who's athletic enough and he has the measurables to get a block, get a steal or two. And who knows what happens when he is flanked by a team of guys who are rabid all around him, you know? Defense is contagious. Absolutely. You know, I don't know where the Knicks were ranked, (laughs) but I think we can all guess. The Knicks were 22. That's actually better than I thought. I thought they'd be like 28. Well, the Cavs were 29, so there you go. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) But again, all that to say that we could end up together coming up with a defensive system that's actually reliable and effective. And at least for me, you know, even though Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson, they've both tailed off. And at this point, it's just their reputation that holds them up with regards to defense. At least we know these guys used to be defensive players. So in a moment, in a pinch, they can channel that once again and for a possession or two, really bring back the the first team defensive player, Rajon Rondo, or Lance Stevenson really being one of the best defenders on those Eastern Conference Finals Pacers teams. And JaVale McGee, in his short spurts with the Golden State Warriors, he's always been a very effective shot blocker. He is a rim protector through and through, and that'll have an effective impact on the Lakers defense just having a guy like that that can erase shots and even when guards dribble down the lane they know JaVale's there they know that his seven foot six wingspan is there ready to engulf their shot and so that'll definitely change the dynamic of our defense where guys will end up funneling their men to JaVale McGee if the guys are able to buy into Luke's system and they each have one another's backs on the defensive end and they're communicating out there I just think we're going to see a reinvigorated LeBron in that sense, a reinvigorated Rajon Rondo and Lance Stevenson. And hopefully, I mean, it's weird to say, but that, that Lakers team that was 12th in defensive efficiency could bring that spark back to guys like LeBron James, Lance Stevenson, Dude, and Rajon Rondo. Sure. So Yeah, that, that 12th place defensive rating was led by a bunch of 12-year-olds. <laughs> Essentially, so yeah. That's ba- yeah, like if I'm an old guy, you know, and I see these these little dudes leading the way because they understand the schemes and the concepts and all that i'm thinking oh shoot like these guys freaking get it um you can't help but be motivated by that Yeah, you're gonna bust your ass for people who are, are busting their asses behind you you know you don't you don't want to be the weakest link if every everyone's bought in and i think with with how the media and nba twitter has been undervaluing the lakers they should have enough motivation to bring it on that end because they know at the end of the day that's nobody's really i mean people are questioning their offense but nobody's even giving them a shot defensively cuz no one talks about the young core they just talk about the additions right and if honestly if brandon ingram continues to make that leap on the defensive end just having that length out there with lebron james josh hart obviously can bring that that solid defense that he showed last year and bring it to a more more of a team concept i mean yeah who knows i i'm i'm hoping for a inside the top 10 finish for us defensively but but if you're worried about michael beasley rajon rondo lance stevenson and even lebron james coming in and mucking up the defense just look at what we did last year and project that out uh, into an entirely new context where these guys are hopefully going to be very motivated to prove everyone wrong. So uh, with that said, let's turn it over quickly to just some Mo Wagner talk before we get to our interview with Travel Gaines. Alan, so, you know, 
Mo Wagner, we've been we were pretty impressed by his summer league. He his summer league in Vegas was cut short. He only played three games, but he did also play the three in Sacramento and looked pretty good. What are your impressions now of Mo Wagner? Um, whether that be his personality as well as his on-court game. For me, I think from the few interviews that I've heard of him, um, it seems like he's a true student of the game, very intelligent. And like we've been saying, you can tell that he's a very vocal sort of guy who takes that leadership role on very seriously and wants to grow in that aspect of things. Um, so that part of everything, I, I'm very impressed by just how he, he, he's, he's the type of guy that LeBron James would love, just a high basketball IQ type of dude who studies a lot of tape, knows his opponents well, knows the plays well, uh, knows what he needs to work on, and you can tell he's going to be one of those guys that's just a, a sponge that will soak up any and all information. But yeah, I guess what are your impressions of him based off of what you've kind of ingested? And then also, what are your thoughts on just what you've seen from him this past Summer League? Well, first of all, I can't believe Summer League was like, a little over a month ago, it feels like it's been two and a half or three months um, since we've even seen him play basketball. Um, as far as just general observations, I was actually watching uh, the Dodger channel the other day, and they also have backstage Dodgers. Sorry, most of Los Angeles who doesn't get the freaking Dodger channel, but uh, I can fill you in right now. So Mo threw out the first pitch for a game with Svi, right? And they were mic'd up. And these guys are just chatting with each other about just joking around and stuff like that. And Mo just seems like an incredibly extroverted person because this guy was talking the entire time, just nonstop to Svi. He's joking around with like the camera guy. He's joking around with like the, the Dodger stadium, um, you know, like in game experience type coordinator person. Um, he's like, yeah, like, I think I'm going to throw it from, like, way past the mound. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do – God, the guy's so funny. And um, he's just a chatterbox. And that's just him being casual, right? So clearly those things translate uh, onto the court. We've seen him be extremely vocal with, you know, other Lakers, uh, with the opponents. Um, I'll remember that game uh, against Sacramento where he was chopping it up with – I think it was Harry Giles – and uh, he got into it with, like, somebody else, too. But, um, yeah, pretty much everything we've read about him, the little dosages we had before, I think it's very consistent with who he is. And uh, it's funny because we, as Laker fans for the last five years, have gotten so used to having the young guys, our draft picks, come in and have prominent roles. Like, very substantial, you are going to get a bulk of these minutes and you got to be an impact player. I don't know where Mo is going to fit. <laughs> you know, he he is a late first round pick, not a uh, not a lottery guy or anything like that. So, granted, he is at the center position. You've got JaVale, you have him, and you have Zubot. So, he could get some run, but we're going to play so much small ball. Who knows who's going to be at center? Um, it would be great if he got a good amount of minutes, but I'm not going to get my hopes up. I think um, there's a pretty decent chance he'll be up and down from the G League, which is fine because we look at evolve all of our other guys who've developed by doing like even like two a days almost right like you play uh one g league game and they play a laker game basically right after so um yeah it, it's exciting for sure it just seems like a super high character as you said high iq uh player who likes to study the game and he just seems like he's a he's a pleasure to be around from a, a character standpoint yeah absolutely and with regards to whether or not he's going to get a shot this year i have to think 
at some point he's going to get some minutes because there's 48 minutes at the center spot to fill. JaVale McGee, as we know, can only play about 15 minutes because (laughs) he has asthma. He'll probably start the games off, but you take that 15 minutes for JaVale out and that leaves 33 minutes left for, I guess, some LeBron center lineups. But we also know that LeBron James is throughout the regular season for 82 games is probably not going to average... 10 minutes? No, he's going to preserve that for the playoffs when he really needs to play small ball five, you know? I'm assuming that most of the small ball five minutes that he plays is going to come in crunch time, and that'll probably be for like three or four minutes a night, you know? So after that, you still have about 30 minutes to fill. So is that all going to go to Zubots? Is that going to go to another small ball five, like if they play Beasley there? I don't know, but I'd have to assume that Mo will get a shot there, even at 10 minutes a game. And and obviously, at the end of the day, it's going to be a training camp battle. And Luke has said as much, you know, all spots are up for grabs for the most part outside of LeBron's. And if Mo shows out and Zoo hasn't found the soft touch and hands that made him such an intriguing first year player this year, well, Mo may really get a shot. And um, I don't know, maybe he's the reason why the Lakers chose to move on from Brooke Lopez or they were more comfortable doing that. That's true, yeah. Because, look, you lose some block shot ability switching from Brook Lopez to Mo Wagner, but what you gain is way more agility and fluidity on both ends, actually. For whatever Mo Wagner gives up in terms of rim protection, he definitely makes up for in terms of activity and his motor and just how he flies around the court, whether it's diving for loose balls or just contesting shots, you know? Brooke Lopez was never as fluid or as active on either end of the court. And Mo Wagner definitely makes up for that in that sense. So maybe he's the reason why the Lakers were comfortable with moving on from Brooke Lopez. And maybe he could end up being that analog for Lopez this season if he gets some minutes. And maybe his shot proves to be a little more consistent than it was in Summer League when he's getting wide open baseline shots from LeBron James. So I'm excited at the opportunity that Mo Wagner might have. And we'll learn more from Travell Gaines what he's been working on physically to potentially take advantage of that situation should it come and here are Mo Wagner's summer league stats through six games he averaged 14.7 points 8.3 rebounds and 0.7 assists in Vegas through the three games he averaged 10.3 points eight rebounds one assist but look at his defensive numbers 2.7 steals 1.3 blocks So very, very active player. And in spite of the fact that he may not have the crazy, monstrous wingspan that a guy like Mitchell Robinson has, again, I think he makes up for it with his activity and his relentlessness. So the downside for the Vegas Summer League before he went down was he only shot 37% from the field. And I think that's something he's referenced where he was talking about how shot selection and just getting comfortable with his own shot and the NBA three-point line is something he's definitely going to have to uh, be more comfortable with and just work around and improve upon. So, I mean, the guy knows what he needs to work on. He knows his own weaknesses. But I think something that you can always count on with Mo is just the effort every night. He's kind of like that... Madsen type player but with actual skill you know yeah yeah and something that I brought up earlier before even before summer league happened was and I'm not I'm not bringing this comp up to to uh to say that we should hold him to this standard but I do find it interesting that if you compare Mo Wagner's and Lowry Markinen's final seasons in college obviously for Lowry Markinen he only played one season in college and I'm 
comparing Mo Wagner's third year to Larry's first year. But just in terms of the stats they put up and the types of shots they got, I do find it uncanny, the similarities. So um, Mo Wagner averaged 14.6 points in his last year. Larry Markkinen averaged 15.6 points. Mo Wagner averaged 7.1 rebounds. Markkinen, 7.2 rebounds. Mo, 0.8 assists. Markkinen, 0.9 assists. Mo, 52% from the field. Lowry, 49% from the field. Mo, 39% from three. Lowry, 42% from three. Mo's effective field goal percentage was 60%, while Lowry's was 58%. And then Mo's PER was 24.7. And Lowry Markkinen's <laughs> was 25. Now, even regarding how they got their points and their shots and how efficient they were, even that's pretty similar. So Mo, with regards to spot-up shooting, he was in the 95th percentile, while Lowry Markkinen was actually lower than that. He was only in the 85th percentile. Still very good for both guys, but it's crazy that with regards to spot-up shooting as a big, Mo Wagner already surpassed Lowry Markkinen in that respect. So that's very impressive. Lowry Markkinen in half-court PPS was in the 98th percentile, while Mo Wagner in half-court was in the 93rd percentile. So just looking at those numbers, how they got their offense, how efficient they were in those shots as big men, I think the similarities are sort of striking. Um, Obviously, again, we don't want to hold Mo Wagner to this Lowry Markkinen standard, and there are still many ways that their games could end up translating differently because of their environments and and the roles that they have, et cetera, et cetera. But it is interesting to see that in both of their final seasons in college that they were both used in similar sort of ways, got their shots in similar situations, and performed pretty equally when they got those opportunities and shot the ball really well as big men from the perimeter and that they were pretty efficient as well in terms of how they got their offense. So I think that's something to, to look at with regards to if we continue to see Mo Wagner increase his athleticism, get more comfortable handling the ball, using his nimble feet to catch loafing defenders off guard, that yeah, he eventually could become... Maybe we could end up putting him down that same trajectory as a Lowry Markkinen, who coming out of college, all people were talking about with regards to him was, okay, he can shoot. He's just going to be Ryan Anderson. But when Lowry Markkinen made it to the NBA, all of a sudden he showcased a lot more of his block shot ability. It turns out he was pretty athletic. All of a sudden he's dunking over all these fools. And, and we've seen glimpses from Mo Wagner at how athletic he can be, how he can throw down these tomahawk jams. And so I think there's some hope and promise to be had there with regards to to uh, most progression and development as a player, uh, just using Lowry Markkinen as a benchmark and, and a ceiling comp for what Mo Wagner can become should his role increase. So um, that's just something I wanted to throw out there. Again, it's I'm not throwing it out there just so that we put these high expectations on Mo, but merely just to say that, hey, it would not surprise me at all if Mo Wagner ended up even having half the career that Larry Markkinen has. And just because the template is so similar and that we have something to look at to compare him with. I think the biggest thing is just like you uh, broke down the minutes. Um, yeah, maybe he'll get more of a shot than I you know, envisioned in my mind initially. So that makes me happy. Yeah, absolutely. And obviously we will break it down a lot more with our upcoming guest, Travel Gaines. He is one of the most recognized trainers in professional sports. Also, quick disclaimer on our interview, Travel Gaines is a strength and conditioning coach and not a skills coach, not a basketball skills coach. So our interview with him runs about 20 to 25 minutes. And if you're looking for more of an X's and O's basketball play, what 
basketball principles he's been incorporating into his game. You're not necessarily going to get that, but what you will get is what exercises Mo has been implementing, what he wanted to work on, what he wanted to focus in on this offseason with regards to his body and how he's prepping his body for the upcoming season, as well as some tidbits on Mo's personality and his work ethic. So the basketball skills, X's and O's stuff will come in a future episode. But for now, this is more of your muscle gains, muscle watch episode. And Travel gives us some insight into the life of an athlete, what goes into their training, their diet, and getting their body in tip-top shape for the regular season. With that said, we'll turn it over now to our interview with Travel Gaines after the turn. Um, I think just the physicality is different. Uh, on the one side, there's a lot more allowed defensively. You can use your hands a lot more, but on the other side, it's a lot harder to guard players because they're a lot stronger and a lot faster than in college. So um, you got to play smart. Uh, be vertical and just be very solid defensively. Yeah, that those those things are something I'm are things that I'm trying to embrace, get better at. This is Mike from the Almighty Baller Network. It's nice to have a helping hand, especially when it's tax season, and that hand is attached to a licensed tax professional. With TurboTax Live, you can talk to real CPAs and EAs on demand who can review your return with you before you file and to make sure you get your maximum refund. They can even check your work line by line so you can be confident it's done right. Who knew confidence and peace of mind could be synonymous with taxes? TurboTax Live with CPAs and EAs on demand. See details at TurboTax.com. Let TurboTax Live be your helping hand. Visit TurboTax.com today. All right, so tonight we're privileged to have on Travel Gaines, one of the most recognized trainers in professional sports. He is the founder of Athletic Gaines, a fully integrated state-of-the-art fitness and performance training program and brand, a house to many of the top athletes in the WNBA, NBA, MLB, NFL, you name it. He has clients from the upper echelon of sports to guys trying to make it into their respective leagues. And more specifically for us tonight, He's worked with new Lakers rookie Mo Wagner. So with that said, Travel, thank you so much for hopping on. How are you doing tonight? I'm good. Yourself? We are doing great. Thank you so much for taking your time out to speak with us tonight. Before we start on the Mo Wagner questions and, and your work with him, why don't you give us a little bit of your of what you're about, what Athletic Gains is all about, and what you're trying to build with your own brand or what you have built. And if you want to plug any of your social media accounts or anything like that, please go ahead and do so. Um, so I'm Travel Gaines. I'm the founder of Athletic Gaines. Uh, we have a sports performance facility in here in Calabasas, California, um, and in Las Vegas, Nevada. And we train several top uh, athletes in the NBA uh, and the NFL and the MLB. Um, we also uh, specialize in pre-draft training. Uh, this year, we had a group of uh, Trey, uh, Trey Young, um, Zaire Smith, Mo Wagner, and Angel Delgado. Um, in the NFL draft, we train kids like uh, Saquon Barkley, Miles Garrett, um, as well as several NFL, uh, current NFL players like AJ Bouye, Todd Gurley, Andrew Luck, um, mm-hmm. LaShawn McCoy, a lot of the top players in the in different sports. Uh, we also train several of the top um, high school football, high school uh, basketball athletes here in LA, as well as Las Vegas and uh, in uh, high school football as well. Uh, we have Kevon Thibodeau, number one recruit in the country, as well as Cassie Stanley and other kids like that. So, um, get a, you know, a lot of really good players. So, outside of the fact that you have the perfect name for starting up a brand like this with Gaines, um, <laughs> what 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 would you say is like your mission statement, and how did you come about to like form this 
brand of sports training, training all these different athletes? Um, you know, the funny part is I didn't even actually want to ever start it. I just kind of wanted to uh, just really, um, you know, just train athletes and it's always going to happen, you know, an accident. There never really was a plan. There still isn't a plan. It's just uh, got really lucky to, to train a lot of guys and kind of build from there. Uh, I received a lot of media attention, obviously, from training a lot of the athletes that I train because they're all really big time players. And uh, just kind of grew and grew and grew. We don't do any marketing, you know, <laughs> it's just kind of just uh, case by case and, and word of mouth. And it's, it's you know, when you get a chance to work with really cool athletes and work with really great athletes, kind of uh, success breeds success. So it's allowed us to uh, work with a lot of top guys. That's great. Why don't you tell the people where they can find you and where they can find more about athletic gains if they if they'd like to? Um, so my social media on Twitter is uh, Travel Gaines, just my name all the way through. <laughs> Same thing for uh, Athletic Gaines, it's Athletic Gaines. So that's where you find out stuff. Uh, we post a lot of stuff on our, try to post as much as we can on our on our Instagram account. Um, I'm not as good on my personal account uh, as I should be, but uh, you know that's what we do. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, knowing that you work with um, such a variety of athletes, what would you, or would you say there's a distinct difference and how you approach each type of athlete? And, uh, you know, if so, what are the primary differences and what are some of your more consistent universal truths? That's crazy um, because that's that's definitely a, a great question. Uh, yeah, we approach every athlete different. Uh, we attack every athlete different, and every athlete has different goals. So what we do is we work with each individual athlete's goals and, and what they want to do, and then we put together their program from there based on what they want to do, what they're looking for, what their agents want to do, or what their teams uh, or, or scouts want them to do. And that's how we put together everybody's program. Each one is individualized. Uh, we try to get, you know, everybody doing as much as the same thing as possible. Uh, that's, you know, it's never easy, but uh, we definitely, uh, uh, we definitely get a chance to, uh, to really dive in and dig in with these athletes uh, goals and, uh, put things together for them. So that's how we attack each athlete comes into our building. We we do work on their uh, their stamina, it's their total performance. So their nutrition, their conditioning, their strength, their, their everything. It's, it all is encompassed, whatever has to do with the body. So so would you say, um, you know, if you were to meet with player A who plays football, and let's just say, for example, he's a cornerback, um, would the first process just be kind of like an interview type information session where you just want to learn, like you said, what his goals are, and um, kind of where he wants to go, how maybe he's approached things in the past and what you guys would like to do differently. Um, what does like the very first stage kind of look like? That's a great question. Yeah, we always sit down with them and we figure out what their goals are, what they're trying to do. And then we look at what they've done in the past um, and uh, their injury history, if any. And then we put together their nutrition. Maybe the nutritionist, we have a nutritionist on staff. Uh, we put together their uh, body composition for what they want to, if they want to gain weight, lose weight, maintain weight. Um, and then we, uh, you know, we give it about a week to figure out their caloric intake and outtake. Mm -hmm. And then from there, that's when we start to adjust the program, adding more cardio, taking out cardio, you know, how they burn, uh, burn their calories. And uh, uh, we build them from there with every athlete. We try to make them stronger, um, quicker, uh, more explosive and faster. Mm, awesome. And um, so you don't have to necessarily single out a particular client if you don't want to, but uh, which client or clients, past or present, any sport, uh, would you say truly embody what it means to be a professional when it comes to taking care of their bodies in the gym, in the kitchen, 
uh, you know, who has like the best holistic habits? Um, all of them do pretty good. You know, guys who work out with us, they're, they're, they're pretty serious. It's not cheap to train with us. Um, and so we get very serious athletes. Again, we don't, um, we don't market or do anything. We have zero marketing budget. We never marketed. It's all by word of mouth. And so, I mean, we just look at the case of the kids who were getting ready for the NBA draft this year. Um, obviously, everybody knows about what Trey Young did. He was able to add about 15 pounds of lean muscle during his process. Uh, mm-hmm. Mo Wagner also transformed his body quite a bit. You know, he lost, I think, 3% body fat um, mm-hmm. and was able to uh, uh, put on five pounds of uh, lean muscle and uh, uh, as well as Zaire Smith. And so, um, you know, we get we get we typically get those kind of results. We get very uh, drastic and dramatic results just because the way the workouts are. The type of athletes that we attract, we get guys that are very serious uh, in the gym and, and, and to uh, take care of their body. I think for Mo Wagner, um, I think Mo felt he was going to probably be a second round pick. I think as the mm-hmm. draft got closer, he knew he probably would go somewhere between 15 to 30, you know, and so I think um, the plan worked um, and he went exactly where he uh, is at and he's comfortable there. And again, he spent, you know, three months. Uh, living in LA already. So, you know, he was in a, a familiar place. The Lakers worked him out several times. The Clippers worked him out. So he's, he was familiar with the area. Again, he has a, uh, you know, you know, 30 minutes up the road um, in Calabasas. He has um, a lot of uh, familiar faces and familiar people. So uh, we're going to help him out as much as possible. We're there for him as much as we need him. Um, uh, Gunner and the team over there are doing a great job of getting him ready for the season. So we kind of stay hands off, but any help he needs, we're here for him. That's awesome. So let's let's transition now to specifically your work with Mo Wagner. I guess, what does your relationship with Mo look like? Did it just span as recently as this past summer as he, he was preparing for the draft? Or did you also know a little bit about his game and his physical development and progression before he came to you? The funny part about it is uh, I actually, I watched NCAA basketball in tournament time like, like most people do. And, um, you know, I got a chance to watch a lot of Michigan basketball um, during the tournament because of, uh, Obviously, they played all the way in the national championship game, and mm-hmm. um, I loved Mo's personality. He really rose uh, through the ranks uh, during the uh, the tournament uh, time and really made a name for himself. And so uh, when he signed with Rock Nation Sports, I know you see that I have a history of uh, training uh, quite a few of their uh, their, uh, their NFL and NBA pre-draft guys. Um, I got a chance to, to work with Mo, and he's great, man. He came from a great program, John Sanderson over at Michigan does a phenomenal mm-hmm. job with their athletes. Uh, I had Karis LeVert, who's a Michigan kid, um, a few years ago, and same thing. He worked his butt off, too. And he came from a very good, you know, very good strength program. He knew how to lift. He knew how to work. He has the work ethic. So he's a pleasure. He's definitely one of my favorites I've ever worked with, with his personality and uh, how he attacks and, and approaches the, uh, the training process. That's awesome. Now, how would you say you've mentioned Mo's personality and it seemed like from your Instagram, you know, you're kind of cheesing on him a bit, roasting him a little, <laughs> calling him a German foreign exchange student and saying that you're the best shooter on the court right there. <laughs> yeah. um, so it seems like you guys have a pretty good relationship. I guess, how would you yeah. describe his actual personality? And then after that, how, how would you describe his work ethic when it comes down to being serious? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, uh, the funny thing about, uh, you know, a lot of times you can get players, uh, that are that are foreign are from overseas. Um, they don't really, really understand uh, sarcasm or American <laughs> culture or you know just 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 being you know just kind of you know messing with guys. And so he was a guy. He very very sarcastic. He uh, he's very very witty. He is a awesome guy to have in the gym. So that was first thing. He was just a pleasure to be around. We we uh, you know we we have a very fun and loose environment. So we, there's always jokes flying around back and forth. So that was great. And then on top of that, he just worked. He worked really hard, always wanted to do extra. 
Um, he always was on time. He, he works extremely hard. He's down there in El Segundo right now, you know, working hard and getting ready for training camp. And so, uh, you know, that's how Mo is. He's just a hard worker. He's a guy where he's going to do everything you tell him to do. That's why I think for him to uh, be a Laker, be in L.A., um, and be around LeBron and see how LeBron works, he's going to uh, do everything that's asked of him and, and be ready to play for you guys. Yeah, so I had a follow-up question with that. You know, just based on uh, what we've seen from him at Michigan, what we've seen uh, in summer league, granted it wasn't as much as we would have liked because of his injury, but he seems to possess an extremely strong motor when he plays from diving for loose balls at any game situation to simply running the floor well, especially for a big man. Uh, can you talk about his his physical stamina and endurance as well as uh, you know arguably arguably the most important trait of all, which is his mentality? Um, that's a great question. You know, yeah, he uh, he's just a, he's just a tough kid. You know, he's a he's a he's a, he's a tough kid. He wants to win. He wants to play hard. Again, um, the program at Michigan, you know, just he loves his head coach there, and uh, that's what they instilled in him there. You know, uh, go after those fifty fifty balls, uh, play hard, every possession counts, and that's just how he plays. And so. He's bringing a different element, you know, to the Lakers because he's just for the program he comes from. He loves basketball. Not saying that anybody in that building doesn't love basketball because I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know what goes on there. I'm sorry to say this, guys. I'm not a Lakers fan. <laughs> All good. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely think he's going to be a huge asset just the way he plays and how he's going to go about things. And uh, he's 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 a great kid, man. He's he's a guy that I would love to have on my team. With regards to conditioning, like what kind of is it as simple as like letting him go through some running drills or, or whatnot? Nah. So what goes into the stamina and endurance and condition? That's the part I'm more, just, most interested. Yeah, in. Yeah, it's just the way the workouts are structured. They're very intense workouts. There, it's not a lot of rest time, so they're getting in for about 45 minutes to an hour, just constantly moving. And so that's the biggest thing we want to help increase uh, athletes' endurance and stamina while making them stronger as the game goes along. So the workouts progress and they get harder towards the end. So when you're your most tired. Uh, you have to dig deep. You have to fight through it and have to have good technique. You have to think when you're tired. So it helps them uh, with their game situations and, and things like that. What they do on the court, obviously, sometimes we go to monitor it and see what they're doing. But again, we we watch from afar. You know, we really, really stay in our lane of just working on their body and things like that. But as far as, you know, what they do on the court specifically, um, there's other people that, that deal with that. Specifically for Mo, he had a, a phenomenal skills coach who worked with him and, uh, and Trey Young and a bunch of other guys. So with regards to, I guess, you know, the way that the NBA big man is going, it's almost a liability these days to be too loafing and too slow. Uh, were you guys particularly cognizant of that fact? And what were the ways in which you took that into account and tried balancing things out with Mo to build strength while still maintaining agility? And also, like you said, trimming that body fat, like what were the specifics that went into that? Um. You know, it was, it was simple. It was just, just getting him in here, but, you know, working out three times a day. He would be on the court twice with uh, Alex Bezel, uh, who um, who did his uh, on-court stuff. And then he would come in and do a uh, performance training. And uh, we had a, a, chef, a chef prepare his food. And what we tried to do was just enhance uh, what Mo Wagner did well and then uh, give him parts of his athletic ability that, that were least uh, notable you know we were able to increase his vertical jump able to increase his increase his lateral quickness he had one of the best vertical jumps for any big man at the combine this year he mm. had i think he i believe he had the fastest shuttle drill of any big man at the combine this year That's so insane. you know yeah yeah exactly especially for a seven foot european kid who's, who's known or, or quote unquote are known for having slow feet so yeah. you know it's a huge attraction to a lot of teams you gotta understand when you're able to be a professional athlete and you just have 24 hours to work uh, mm -hmm. and prepare for your craft, you know, that's when you get those kind of results. 
you know, in, in college, you know, you're restricted to, I think, the 20 hour rule and you got to balance study hall and classes and practice and media engagements and all those kind of things that comes with being a student athlete. Whereas Mo, you know, here he's got a chance to work out all day. And so he went above and beyond. He did uh, extra. He came early and he stayed late and uh, worked out on days when he wasn't supposed to work out on his off days. And so um, the, the, the results you, you get out of it, what you put in it, and he was able to put a lot into it. Gotcha. Now you've seen, obviously, you've seen and trained a ton of NBA players from superstars to draft hopefuls to rotation players. Um, what are your thoughts of, since you also watch Michigan a lot, what are your thoughts on Mo Wagner's actual game with Michigan and how do you think it'll translate to the NBA and with the Lakers specifically? Well, you never know with these rookies. You know, you mm-hmm. just never know. You know, you get a guy like uh, Kyle Kuzma who just kind of, I feel, came out of nowhere and, you know, played very, very well. I mean, we had uh, uh, um, Spider, uh, Spider Mitchell, you know, Donovan Mitchell mm-hmm. working out with us last year, and we didn't know what he was going to be, and he ended up, uh, you know, almost being, uh, you know what I'm saying, um, you know, almost being the NBA Rookie of the Year. In terms of Mo's game, what are some things that you like about Mo's game, and, and what do you think, what are some areas that you think he could probably improve on? I think the way that Mo Wagner can shoot and, and cause uh, matchup problems with some of the slower um, uh, traditional centers, I think he could be a problem, and LeBron creates so many lanes and it makes you collapse the floor. If he can, you know, uh, drive and kick it out to a seven footer that can shoot, it's going to be tough for anybody to go out there and guard him. Honestly, you know, I'm a, I'm a strength coach, you know, mm-hmm. I think from what I needed from him and what he did for, for, for our group, you know, he, he got an incredible shape and, um, you know, he, he was very explosive and very athletic as he uh, displayed at the, at the, at the combine. I don't know if you saw his, his combine results, but he was near the top or at the top of almost every single category. Mm-hmm. Um, it, as far as playing, you know, obviously when you're a seven foot shooter, that's, that's tough to defend and he can really stretch the floor, but you know, I don't, I don't know how that fits in. I don't know, uh, Luke's, um, what plans Luke has for him or how they're going to play him or what their schemes are going to be. But, you know, obviously from, for me, you know, he's a, he's a seven foot kid that's, that's athletic and he's a lot faster than people think he's a crooked than people think, and he could really uh, stretch the floor. And I think that's an asset for any team. Um, yeah. So, you know, speaking to, um, you know, kind of how you approach a big man like Mo, obviously transitioning from the college game up to the NBA where, you know, you got full grown men out there who could weigh 275, 280 pounds. And that, that takes a, a toll on a guy physically for sure. Um, can you talk about, I mean, and it could even be like uh, specific exercises that you worked on with Mo from a, a lower body perspective to, you know, really make sure that there's enough muscle surrounding his joints and things like that to prevent injury. Um, what, what are some like specific things that you focused on with Mo to, you know, beef him up, so to speak? Um, you know, we didn't really uh, focus on anything specific. It was more so, you know, um, he just wanted to, to, to lean out and while, okay. while keeping his same weight. Um, I believe uh, Mo ended up weighing in at 242. Um, and so I think he came in about 235-ish. Mm-hmm. And so, good, he was able to decrease his body fat while putting on lean muscle. So he stayed between 242 and 245, you know, during the process or towards the end of the process as we got him there. And, you know, again, the, the results were amazing. Right, right. Cool. Um, w- would you say that there's a significant difference between your approach uh, with working with big men versus, you know, point guards and, and guys with a smaller frame who's obviously their role is much different on the basketball court? And obviously it differs from player to player. Um, it depends on what their goals are, like you mentioned. But if there were like a constant theme or difference between your approach with 
guards versus big men, what would you say it is? Um, you know, it's funny. There isn't because every single mm. player uh, wants to do the same thing. You know, with the way the game is now, everybody wants to be able to uh, be stronger uh, upper body so they can, uh, you know, increase the range of the shot. Um, and everybody wants to be a lot quicker and, and more agile and more explosive. Just, you know, we now have, and we have a lot of big men working out with us right now. Uh, Willie Cauley-Stein is one that comes to my mind. and his, mm-hmm. He's trying to change his game where he's a seven-foot guy and he wants to play more on the perimeter if he's needed or stretch the floor more. So he's working to get bigger, faster, stronger, and leaner. It's just the game now. Everybody wants to be able to put the ball on the floor, uh, play facing the basket if needed, and, uh, you know, go from there. Because, again, I think what really helps us out and why we get a lot of uh, teams and agents and people want to train with us because we're not concerned or trying to tell people how to play their sport. We're more so concerned with just getting them ready to play their sport. And uh, we're, we're very Switzerland on that. You know, again, I'm not mm. a Laker fan. I'll be honest with you. I watched zero Laker games last year. <laughs> <laughs> I will watch a lot of them this year because I'm a huge LeBron James fan. But, um, but you know, I don't – you know, it, it's tough for us to say – Hey, we need you to, we want you to do this. I don't know. You know, and then on top of that, teams change from year to year. The Lakers have a totally different team than they had, uh, they'll have a totally different team this season than they had last season. Also, good for us to know just, uh, what aspect that you help athletes with in terms of right. it seems like you guys are the the supplementary amplifiers to, to round out and fill out the rest of their game that helps Correct. them do what they do uh, to the best of their abilities and for a longer period of time. So, um, I guess. To, to wrap this up, since you said you are a LeBron James fan and you're not a Lakers fan, but you, you love LeBron and you've been able to work with Mo, what are your thoughts on just having LeBron in LA, what that means for Los Angeles? And do you think if Mo Wagner gets the shot this season that he's the type of guy who, and maybe you don't know this, but based off of your relationship with him, who'd be able to step into that moment and, and not get the hiccups and uh, really feed off of a guy like LeBron? I'll tell you right now. First of all, yeah, I was I was shocked. Um, LeBron left uh, Cleveland to come here. I never thought he would leave Cleveland again. Um, I was uh, shocked that he came to the Lakers. Um, you know, I was kind of shocked that at this point of his career that he wanted to play with such young players. Uh, I, I personally do think that LeBron came here for personal reasons, his family, um, his off the court stuff. Um, but I think, with that being said, uh, the Lakers now have him. Uh, they, they, he's the best player that I've ever seen with my own eyes. And I'm old enough to have, uh, you know, I, I grew up a Magic Johnson fan. So mm-hmm. I, I watched Magic. Um, I watched Michael Jordan. Um, and now I've watched um, uh, LeBron. And LeBron, to me, uh, is the greatest basketball player ever. And I'm a, and I'm a fanatical Michael Jordan fan. Uh, <laughs> with, with, with that being said, I think that the Lakers are going to be a very fun team to watch. I think it's going to be very interesting to see how they put this thing together. Um, you know, if, if, I was the coach, which I'm not. I would start uh, uh, Rajan at point guard. I will start. I will start Rajan at point guard. I will start um, Ingram at the two. I will start LeBron at the three. No, I would probably start uh, Pope. <laughs> oh, KCP. Yeah, KCP. I'll start KCP. I'll probably start LeBron at the four, and I would put Mo Wagner at the at the five and stretch out the floor, and mm-hmm. that's what I'll do. And then that second unit coming off with I think Ball and. Uh, Kuzma and with uh, JaVale McGee, you know, I think they are 10 deep. I think they can make some noise. Absolutely. Alan, do you have any last questions for JaVale? Um, no, honestly, I think I'm good. 
Cool. Cool. Travel, thank you so much for coming on and just giving us some insight into one, your work and also just what you've done with Mo this summer and how you've helped round out his body to prepare himself for his first season in the NBA. And who knew that when you were training with him that he was preparing for LeBron James, right? So I'm <laughs> no glad idea. he got I'm glad he got in the work with you first because I think that should prepare him for what's to come this season and in the coming seasons as well. It's definitely not going to be, he's not going to be able to take days off pretty much. And I think he's the type of player that doesn't do that anyways. And training with you and athletic gains, I think he had the right mentality and approach going into this. So we're glad that he had his opportunity with you guys as well. So we will catch you next time, Travail. And everybody follow Travail on Instagram, Twitter. Athletic Gains is the brand name. And Gains is spelled G-A-I-N-E-S, if anybody was wondering. <laughs> All right, with that said, we'll catch you next time. And thanks again for taking your time out tonight to speak with us. Thank you so much. This is what flow from Progressive sounds like in one of our many hilarious commercials. Hi, did you know that you can get a quote on your motorcycle insurance in under three minutes at Progressive.com? And did you know that saying hi makes even bad news sound good? Hi, you have high cholesterol. Hi, you're fine. And this is what that same commercial sounds like on your motorcycle. Hi, there's no more pain. Yeah, even our commercials sound better on a bike. And with basic policy starting at $75 a year, Progressive helps keep you on yours. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates Annual Premium for Basic Liability Policy not available in all states. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises prizes in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.